Hi, you're listening to the podcast of Victory Santa Rosa. We pray that this message encourages you on your journey of faith in Jesus. I'm so excited to um, end or close our series. And we're in the series, Tayo or Tayo. Tayo, it means together. Tayo is to stand. And in this series, we're trusting God to be the one to build our lives, our families, and even our nation. And we're down to the last four verses. If you have your Bible, open it to Haggai, chapter 2, verses 20 to 23. Um, Haggai is two chapters, and these are the last four verses, and these are fourth week. Verse 20. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the, 20th, on the 24th day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. Verse 23. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shetel, declares the Lord. And I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. If you can remember for the past weeks, to give you a quick recap, um, there is a situation. The temple of the Lord was ruined. It means after 16 years, he stopped building the temple. And that was exact situation where Haggai um, gave a word from the Lord, a prophetic word. And the reminder of Haggai is to actually consider their ways, to consider the Israelites' ways when it comes to their priorities and values. And just to come to think of it, the temple was ruined because at the first place, it was their hearts that was originally ruined. It was the the status of their hearts. And that's why the Lord had been gracious to them, to remind them, to consider their ways, to check their values, to check their priorities. And again, this is not just a one-time stop for them, but an everyday recalibration of their values and priorities. And he's a unique pro- prophetic account because as Haggai preaches the word of the Lord or have spoken the word of the Lord, The people did not just listen, but they actually obeyed. They heard the word of the Lord, and they they did not just listen, but they actually respond in obedience. There was no like, if there was no IG reel to repost, no power lines or one-liner to put in our social media walls or accounts, no podcast to promote. It's just the plain word of God, and the people obeyed. That was amazing, isn't it? And even after series of discouragements, they, they responded to God's word to rebuild the temple. They were discouraged, and Haggai encouraged them again. Haggai addressed their fear of insignificance. Haggai addressed them by encouraging them of the future glory that is yet to come. Even the second encouragement from Haggai, he addressed the continued drought. And Haggai's word from the Lord is the promised blessing. 
from that day forward, the promised blessing that is yet to come. Sarap, di ba? God will ask us something. Something that we can do for Him. And yet, how many times we fail or maybe how many times we fall or falter, God is still there to restore and encourage. And sometimes, and we thought it's all over, maybe because of our failures, because maybe because of our mistakes, maybe because of that certain struggle, you feel stuck. It seems like you have approached a dead end, a huge wall. Sometimes we think that it is all over, that there's a period already. But maybe today is a powerful reminder from the Lord that what we think of a period is actually a comma from God. To pause, but yet God will continue. God is saying as you continue that God will do something new that it will be different. And here's the final encouragement. And he is the theme of our message. God restoring or God's restoration. And from the conclusion of the book of Haggai, from those two chapters down to the last four verses, is jam-packed with the promises of God. It's full of the promises of God. You ready? First promise is a promise of restoration of power. Restoration of power. Going back to verses 20 to 22. The word of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I will shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. And God is directly addressing Zerubbabel. There is a message directly to Zerubbabel. But also, we have to remember that the people of God were not in a good state at this time. They were not in good shape. They were powerless, scarce with resources. They don't have the political capital nor the military strength. But God said in His Word that He will overturn thrones and kingdoms. There will be shaking that will be happening. And the question is, why this shaking? Why God has to shake the current power and authority? If we're going to take a look, even from the context of this uh, passage, that the current people in power and authority, even present, even from the past, they were oppressive to God's people. They were oppressive to the Jews. And God is not turning a blind eye into it. From the verses that we read, God's promise is to shake and overthrow. But also we have to be reminded, we have to be careful in how we look at these verses. Because these verses or, the, or this conclusion, this is not a declaration of rebellion against the current authority, but it's God, or rather God, declaring who has the real authority. That God has the supreme authority. If you come to think of it, when we think of our nation, we are in a place, in a situation now, that maybe as a nation we think that we are powerless. There's scarcity in our resources. Rampant poverty in different or majority of the 
places of our nation, going to think of our political climate is less ideal or maybe one of the worst. But also, as we take a look at the passage, it's also good to ask this question, whose power are you relying on? Amidst everything that I have mentioned, of course, given the pandemic for the past two years and so, the current struggles, everything that we had gone through, the reality of the present challenges, maybe the effect of the pandemic, or maybe this is something new that you're struggling with, that you're, you're, you're fighting with. When it comes to your marriage, when it comes to your finances, when it comes to your relationships, whose power you're looking to get help from. Even to be specific, when it comes to our next leader, election is a few months away. Yes, that person will be in um, authority, but we have to remember that there is a person, there is God who is or who has the highest authority. Can you trust God who has the highest authority when it comes to our nation's hope, security, and stability? Even in your personal situation, this is also applicable. It means even in times that we are, or we feel that we are powerless, we are defenseless, weak in our current situations and circumstances, remember that we can trust a greater power, a person that is for us, and also not against us, that person who is also for us and in us. Even sometimes when we, are, we feel that we are oppressed by people, by things, by situations, we have God to overthrow and turn things around on our behalf. The one who has real power, and that is God, he is not oppressive but he's gentle and caring. God who is in power, God who has the supreme power and authority, he is not oppressive, but rather he's gentle and caring. And that is the promise of God. That is the promise of God's word. Of course, through Haggai, as, as we conclude this book, that there will be restoration of power. Restoration of power to God's people and the implication of that for them, that they will be back in political power, that they will reign, they will continue to, to Zerubbabel will continue to reign and rule. And also the second promise would be restoration of peace. In Haggai chapter 2, verse 22, I will overturn, overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. And I just like what I mentioned a while ago, that this is not a reference to their newfound political power. But actually, this is like a projection that oppression oppositions against the Israelites 
will actually stop. That God will put a stop to all oppression against his people. That's why there was the, there was a mention of chariots, drivers, horses, riders, and all of those would fall. But if, if you're going to look carefully from the text, these not them defeating those I mentioned, but rather by each other. That's why the verse, by the sword of his brother. And these are kind of peace that God promises in this context. Peace is not the absence of conflict or wars, but peace is the presence of a security greater and stronger to your or current oppositions. And that is what peace is all about. And I remember when I was in grade four, with my height, honestly, uh, I was bullied when I was in grade four. I was new to the school. I was new to the town. So Rizal, uh, we newly transferred from Pasig. We transferred to Rizal in a new school. I was grade four, and I was, I was little, small. And those grade five students will actually bully me because of my height, because of how, how I look like. Even to the point that I cannot go down to, to the cafeteria and take my lunch and, and recess. But one day, a grade six student approached me and asked me, Oh, Daguman, but di ka ba? It's our recess, it's our lunch break. With me crying. No, just kidding. But of course, maybe, I don't know, I can't remember. Um, I told him, I mean, these guys, these grade five students, they're oppressing me, they're bullying me. Making fun of my, 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 my clothes, my, my, my pants, my shorts, my face, my height. And this grade six student, I guess you remember his name, Kiel. Wherever you are, Kiel, thank you. Told me, come walk with me. I'll take care of those grade five students. He's grade six and he's huge. He's tall. And that gave me peace. <laughs> that gave me security. And I've been looking, longing, desiring for the past days and weeks. And I can walk confidently with peace that no one will harm me. No one will oppress me. Why? Because I was walking with this guy, a grade six student. Just imagine. That's the kind of peace that God is giving you today. That is the kind of peace that God promises in his word. The kind of peace that will go against all oppression and oppositions. That is the kind of peace that God promises. Just think of that. What are the things, situations, trials, circumstances that are bullying you today? Maybe that financial problem had been bullying you for quite some time already. You have tried so much. You have invested in this business or maybe in this venture. And of course, there's all the wisdom. We get mentoring. We get learnings. But somehow, you have tried your best. You have consulted a lot of people. Maybe you have opened up a business way back 2019. Then comes pandemic. is all affected. The never-ending you know, challenges in, in your health that has huge financial implications those emergencies and all, and makita man yung you always train. Maybe that financial problem is bullying you for quite some time already. 
that relational issues, those relational issues, you know by yourself that you're willing, you're ready, you have forgiven already, but it seems that those relational issues or dysfunctions, it seems that it will, it's, it's never going to stop. Maybe some mental health concerns or challenges, that depression, that anxiety, it's not, or they're not, those things are not going away. They're not going away. And somewhat you feel like you're being bullied by that. Sickness, maybe you've personally, you've been sick over and over again with different sicknesses. Stress. Remember, God can still grant you that peace. That you can walk confidently and securely. Reminded me of this verse or this passage in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 to 37. It's quite a long text, but let's all read this. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen. It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Again, the kind of security and peace that we can have in Jesus Christ. That the oppression against God's people will be put into an end. Even as we think of our nation, we might be feeling oppressed as a nation. Our nation has so much potential, right? We're rich in culture, tradition, natural resources. Filipinos are all our talented, world-class workers, artists, content creators. We can be a blessing to the whole world, but yet if we're going to think and, and look at our nation right now, we're not progressing. Maybe perhaps, apparently, we are regressing as a nation. Parang walang nangyayari, hindi tayo umuunlad. Maybe we're oppressed by injustice, poverty, and corruption. But take heart. Jesus promises peace. Shalom. It means wholeness and completeness. It means that oppression will stop. Peace is a promise He keeps, not just for you, not just for your family, but even for our nation. And God is powerful. And God can keep His promises. And lastly, there was, again, restoration of power, restoration of peace. And last one is restoration of His presence. Verse 23, on that day, declares the Lord Almighty. I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you 
declares the Lord Almighty. And there were two things that's, that actually we can notice from there. First one is the signet ring. And that's a significant sign of God's favor. There is an account for us to at least have an understanding about signet ring. It, um, it was removed from Jehoiakim, uh, king of Judah. In verse 22, 22 to 24, As surely as I live, declares the Lord, even if you, Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were a signet ring on my right hand, I will still pull you off. It means that God removed that signet ring on Jehoiakim, son of Jehoiakim. Don't be confused with the Jehoah names, all right? It means that God removing that signet ring it signifies that Israel was actually doomed to exile. But here, fast forward, he is a promise of God's restoration and redemption. A great, remarkable sign that God deeply loved Zerubbabel and Israel. And that the messianic line, as we have studied in Isaiah from, from the past series, from David through Jesus will continue. That he cannot deny his promise, that he cannot break his promise to send a Messiah, to send our Savior, to send a Savior in the person of Jesus Christ. And that would run through the Davidic line. That was the meaning of that signet ring. God's favor. It was cut off, was redeemed. It was restored and also chosen. It means that he was handpicked and set apart for his purpose. Not just that, but bearing God's authority through that signet ring. That's an ultimate promise of God's restoration. And that signet ring signifying God's favor, signifying that the messianic line will continue. In David's lineage, it's a sign of a great intimacy and restoration of relationship. As we end, the best way to end and look at this is by having the lens that Zerubbabel is a type of Christ. That God, through Haggai, is saying that Zerubbabel, that's what you'll be. You'll be secure. You'll be strong. Everything else will be shaken. There's a shaking that is, that's happening. But the kingdom won't be shaken. And the fulfillment of that would be in Jesus Christ, the greater Zerubbabel that goes beyond restoration. If you talk about power and authority, you all know or knew that Jesus, it was Jesus was the greatest power and authority. And Paul alluded to this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 10. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Jesus was exalted to the highest place. A great message. Jesus 
has the final authority. And Jesus also, same Jesus was the power and authority, also promised shalom or peace. In John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. In Christ Jesus, we are all restored in a close relationship with God and also comes with our redemption. Jesus, the greater Zerubbabel, goes beyond restoration. But I meant by that, that he forgives, he redeems, he blesses, and he restores. This has been the Victory Santa Rosa podcast. To see more church updates, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Santa Rosa.